This is Story and Rain Talks, the Story and Rain podcast. I'm Tamara, founder and editor in chief. After over 20 years in the fashion and magazine industries, I launched StoryandRain.com, a digital fashion, beauty, and lifestyle publication where we're bridging the gap between reading a magazine and shopping its pages. On this podcast, you'll discover the emerging trends and tastemakers that matter right now. As a catalyst for creativity and through candid conversations with our community of cultural arbiters, we're your resource for discovering today's most interesting people, projects, and products. And we'll explore the origins for game-changing ideas and careers. With our high-low approach to style and the belief that there's magic in the mix, we're going to inspire you to live your most stylish life. It's game time for English-Caribbean actress Natalie Emmanuel. Our July 2020 cover star steps into the leading lady spotlight opposite Kevin Hart in Quibi's 10-episode action parody comedy, Die Hard. Natalie also has leading lady status in Hulu's film-to-series reboot of Four Weddings and a Funeral, starring as Maya on Mindy Kaling's stylish production. She's long enjoyed success as a TV actress in the UK and in the US playing an important and cherished character on cult favorite Game of Thrones, a role that got the ball rolling on what will be a long and thriving career, and her role in now three fan favorite Fast and Furious films that keep fans wanting to see more from her. Natalie is talented, beautiful, and has an incredibly thoughtful approach to all of her pursuits in life. She's got range and she's open-minded about the types of roles she hopes to take on. On this podcast, we discuss what's next for her. We go in-depth about the techniques she uses to prepare herself for her work, get specific about the impact her Game of Thrones character made on many, including a controversial goodbye, the effect that what she wears has on her both personally and professionally. We talk about her being a woman of color in entertainment, her thoughts on veganism, what she's watching, what she's reading, and a lot more. Hi, Natalie. Hi. Hi. Let's start at the beginning. Natalie, you were cast in a big production of The Lion King at a very young age. Where do you think your ability to perform came from? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think it, well, I don't know. I think it's just, it came, it was born of a sort of joy and enjoyment of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like kind of music and dance was always very much a part of my life. My mum put us into sort of performing arts when we were very, very young. If anything, is that, confidence. And is so that kind of joined, went from there, really. Oh, okay. So it was, it was more to instill confidence in? in yeah, I mean, I was such a like clingy child. Yeah. And like, I just, you know, I think she wanted to try and create scenarios um away from her that I enjoyed <laughs> that makes sense yeah I never wanted to be away from my mom so and yeah and and there was there was born your life's work how how has growing up with a single mother and older sister shaped you what did that female energy impart and did it impart something that you feel you take to your characters well um I think being around lots of women has um, definitely shaped the women that I am. I have such a real sense of like my independence and like making sure that I, you know, the things that I want, I have to get them myself. Yes. I think that's true for everybody. I don't want to generalize and say that people that grew up, around you know brothers or right. don't have that I'm just like when I think sometimes as women um you know the messaging in the world is tells you about the things that you can't do <laughs> and so <laughs> yep. when you're surrounded by women who are you know you just kind of that sort of less that sort of need to um uh well, just the, to, to, to defy that and just to not listen and just keep going. Yes. Kind of from my teens, basically, like, you know, I, those kind of very formative coming into my womanhood. Like my mom was incredibly inspiring because she had to do a lot of, a lot of um, rebuilding 
by herself and Mm -hmm. um, she you know she worked really hard and created the life that she always wanted and you know I think um, that has really inspired me to be incredibly independent and go for the things that I want um yeah and just do the work because yeah. you know I come from a family of grafters so you right. know we roll our sleeves up and we get on with it and yeah my mom and my sister my older sister were very much an influence yes um, um in building that in me <clears throat> yes yeah. speaking of the work how do you prepare for a role how do you get yourself prepared to be creative um well it really depends. Um, I think, well, the first, first things first is like you, I read the script quite a few times. <laughs> um, <laughs> Practically so speaking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and I sort of will read, um, read the script and then I start to break down the script and essentially just kind of make notes on my character's specific journey mm-hmm. and then sort of make, I break down the script in sort in a way that's like, what am I trying to achieve in every sort of moment or in every line or in every mm. scene? Mm. And how do other characters feel about, you know, I sort of try and work out how other characters might respond to or my character. It's sometimes it's written in the script, like mm-hmm. what they think of her or what, how they feel about her. So I make notes of like all of those things and see how I can sort of, um, map a journey for, for the character right. um, you know and sometimes it's kind of cool like because like a lot of film there's so many movies now that have been made in the history of time that there are so many great references as well and yes. you can go and watch some things and get because a lot of movies are like oh we're, we're sort of going for this kind of vibe and this kind of thing and there's <laughs> loads of resources that you can yeah. go and watch and go okay they're, they're going for this kind of tone and this kind of you know like sort really of some sen- sensibility so you know sometimes it's not i not necessarily to go and copy performances necessarily or you know no. that that isn't particularly useful for me but you know it's more to and people see through that as well it's just more it's sometimes like just getting an idea of the energy and of of the piece can help inform how you perform it as well so there's there's lots of things that you can do but but it's important for me to like have a quiet clear space Mm -hmm. to work in because um you know when I when my space is cluttered I've my brain is cluttered. Yes. So, I, um, I, I feel like for me too, I can totally relate. And I, I, I you know, you're working on your home right now. And yeah, one, of, so one, one of my questions, <laughs> <laughs> one of my questions to you is, was going to be how important is the look and feel of your home and atmosphere oh. and setting as an actor and a creative. So, it's so saying, important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because also it's like your safe haven. It's where you come back to, when yeah. the sort of cameras aren't rolling and the, the flashes aren't flashing and, you know, the sort of like image yeah. of, or the person that is kind of pushed out in front of the world. Yes. Like that, you know, that's one, that's sort of one thing. I don't want to say that's like one person, like I'm a different mm-hmm. person in those situations. No. I, I feel I'm pretty consistent wherever I am. Yeah. But like, um, you know, I think that I have quite a I am quite a I'm very much an introverted character a lot and I think people are surprised by that because they think it means that like oh you're you're shy or you don't like meeting people or you can't talk to people and that's not always true um it's more about like that that desire or that need to recharge and that need to be quiet that need to be with yourself only and be alone like that is essential to my well-being and my mental and emotional well-being and my ability to do my job so coming home and having a space that is comforting and safe and you know is is yeah and I can like if I need to vegetate for three days like you know that space needs to feel um 
you know suitable and so like as we were saying I've been working on my house and so I've actually found being here on one hand like it's kind of like lends to my natural <laughs> personality of like wanting to be at home and be by, yeah. like, be with as you know be like with the, by myself a lot like yeah. that kind of I get it speaks to one side of me but then because of the work that's been going on I found it very very difficult to be creative yes in, of course yeah, because I feel like yeah. you know I, I basically can't yeah I can't yeah it's a lot it's I find that I find that yes yeah it's it's a lot it's it's just distraction it's distracting just like clutter can be distracting you basically I'm just looking around the room now yeah I've just looked around the room now and I'm like, oh, I've got to do that. I've got to pick that thing up. Oh, am I gonna, where am I going to put that? I've got yeah. nowhere to put that thing because literally exactly 50% of the house is um, otherwise being worked on or is holding things for the rooms that are being worked on. So <laughs> and you really annoying. <laughs> you just touched on this. I mean, space, your actual like literal space is very important to you. And I also find that creatives and myself included, there also needs to be, and I think you've just described that here, there needs to be mental space. You need like the mental space to explore ideas and get inspired by things. And you, you, you mentioned that you're an introvert and you've gotten, you've also said that you, you've gotten worked up or emotional or exhausted or overwhelmed, sometimes consumed by worry from working. And I, re- I, I get that. I relate. Is that because it can be hard for you to shake a part off or a project off? Is it hard for you um, to turn off after a day's work? I don't know. That also seems to be a part of being someone who's creative with drive. And- yeah. I think there's like an analysis of the day that happens. And right. you think, oh, like, oh, how did that go? How? No. And once you've had some right. space away from it. And you've had some time to process, like, how did that go? I, I wish I'd done that thing that I wanted to do, but there wasn't time. And so then you're like, okay, is that the end of the world? And you have this whole conversation about how it went. But yeah. ultimately, you do just have to let it go because, you know, you have to trust in um, in the work that you've done and the director that you're working with because they don't move on generally unless they're happy with what you've done. So... You know, so there is a sort of processing, but you can't, that has to happen. That just naturally happens for me. And then there's a moment where I just have to let go and just trust in the process and trust in, because, you know, very easily, I think people think like, oh, if you're an actor and you perform, you're like really confident and just know you're doing it all the time. But just like, I think creatives are some of the most have like quite commonly some of the most insecure people like mm-hmm. you know and so we question everything and we're like yeah. just you know like what's what did I do is that okay and you know right. and I think as a as a profession we tend to um if you're not careful um you get sort of fixated on sort of getting patted on the head like well done you did a good job and you have yes. to learn to like um validate yourself and like empower yourself even in the moment yeah Uh, and I think you know when I know that I sometimes when I know that I wasn't quite as prepared for for something but just sometimes it's like out of they change the schedule like the day before and you're just doing something else that you have you know you just don't have the time and that's just the nature of the beast sometimes like I definitely will go home and be like Oh, I really wished I'd had more time on that scene because Marinate on it. It. yeah, and I might because because <laughs> it's that insecurity of not feeling prepared. Yeah, and so you know that's like just something that happens sometimes in the and that's part of the job though. It's part of the job of being able to yeah get bring bring out a performance uh, under those kind of pressures, you know, yeah. because things happen, weather happens, people get yep. sick, you know. Yep. you got to be able to be flexible. Describe, yeah. describe what happens to an actor, Natalie, who's an introvert so, such as yourself when it comes to being on set in front of tons of crew. Does a sort of subconscious switch happen? How do you yeah. go from being, it does. Oh, I love this. Yeah. Tell me about that. I mean, sometimes. Which is uh, kind of shifts I guess right well I think what it is is that there I think sets are kind of a sacred space for actors and I think we all kind of go into this space 
with everyone there and being like, this is only works if we're all here in it together. Mm-hmm. So there is just like this, I feel that there is like this presumed or like you come in with this expectation of like this being a safe space and you learn very quickly when it's not, or like it feels like the energy's off or like there's tension or anything like you feel it. It's like, it's almost like a current and it's like, some it's like a current between everybody and when there's an interruption in the current you're like oh we all feel it you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. there is just sort of like you have to have a certain openness yeah but you know for me as somebody who has the capacity has the capacity to be a little shy at times or a little inward people are always like have commented on that (laughs) even though i can be very like open and warm and like meet people new people and be excited to meet new people like sometimes I can be quite reserved and quite quiet and people think it's sharp I'm like I come across a little shy and you know and I think it takes me a minute just to warm up to any space yes and any new people and then once I'm sort of like I sort of have come become acclimated so to speak Mm -hmm. I could I open up a little more but until that can happen I, my confidence comes from my preparation. It comes from me just like having, like saying and practicing positive affirmations and like almost like, for example, like being on set is one thing, but then like, for example, but playing a character is somehow just like easier than like speaking as yourself sometimes like it's much easier to go well I'm playing these are other people's words and these are other people's kind of stories even though I'm connected to them in these ways I I can compartmentalize it in a way yes um but like when people say oh like interview you on a red carpet for example there is 100% a met, like a conversation that I have with myself where I go, <laughs> okay, so today you're playing the Natalie that's really like confident and articulate and knows what she wants to say and is, you know, and because I might not necessarily feel that way inside. And I think I, wor- I sometimes worry about saying that to people because it makes it sound like I'm putting on a performance of no, like, I don't think so. Yeah. Of, like, you know, I'm pretending to be somebody else. Like I'm always me, but sometimes I have to just say that to myself in order to be able to do it. No, you're because, getting yourself into the mindset, right? Yes, exactly. And yeah. I think there's like a similar thing that can happen on a new set, but very quickly I kind of can find my let, like my feet in a, in a mm-hmm. set and in a space and with the people and, you you just let you just kind of have to go with the flow a little bit and not yeah. be you know try and control too much right and, um, and that's sort of like what happens I'm a very sensitive being so yeah. I pick up on things really quickly. you take it all in I have um what was it like coming into the Fast and Furious franchise you were in seven you were in Fate of the Furious which is essentially eight and you'll be seen. Yeah in nine was it intimidating speaking of which joining yeah. joining that franchise family oh my yeah God, yes yeah. i've literally watched all of those guys my entire life <laughs> right? and just like oh, what and the very first scene that i had to do on that film was like the film so in the seven my character gets driven off of a cliff with vin diesel and rolls down a hill and somehow survives it and then as she wakes up the entire fast like fast family are like waiting for me to wake up right, and then I, right. I have this scene where I like basically tell them all about themselves about who they are and she's just like really quickly rolling off all these these facts about them or her sort of like first instincts about them and mm-hmm. so that was my first day on set wow and I was terrified like literally terrified but I tend I tend to like I said have a practice of like positive affirmations but mm. also meditation yeah and um and sometimes what I have to do, and I actually did this in my screen test as well with Vin, because I had to do a screen test with Vin and in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And like this, you know, as much as people are like, yeah, she's been on Game of Thrones and she's been all, she's right. done all these things. Like, right. it's so amazing and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, I mean, it is amazing. And I have had all these amazing experiences, but, you know, Vin is a huge like action star. Like he's a, like a, big guy like you know he's a sweet man like 
We, he and I have some people in common in New York from many, many years ago. So Okay. Well, he's a very sweet guy, but like, yeah. obviously, before you've met somebody and you yeah. don't know and, you know, and he's like a lot bigger than me. Like, I'm just this little girl. I mean, I'm not short, like a particularly short person, but or but like, I'm just saying, like, I'm a, like just this in yeah. my comparison like this little person from south end on sea <laughs> like this is so not my life like in and i and very easily it's it's so easy to like convince yourself that you don't deserve to be somewhere because it's like mm. so out bigger and outside of you and i yeah. remember going into my screen test and i because before any screen test they give you like 10 minutes 15 minutes in a room by yourself before you okay. go into the into the test and uh and I was sat in this room and I basically had to in a way like in my brain just manifest that like in my brain like picture mm. me and Vin in the screen test and we were exactly the same size physically oh that's interesting right. you know what I mean and like sort of be like and sort of say to myself like you are the like you are the you are just as capable. You are just as powerful. You were just, you know what I'm saying? Like you are, like you have every right to be here. And like, and in this, and in my brain, I was literally like, you know, sort of just seeing like in a way, like seeing us as equals and like seeing us as like collaborators and like the energy was like perfect. And I've carried that in with me. And this yeah. confidence with me because I yeah. was like, I've sort of been in, in this headspace already. Cause I just like kind of was m meditating on it and going, you know, because all of the things that like, you know, Oh, he's this big famous action yes. guy. Like, you know, it sounds so ridiculous. He's you, walk into, you walk into a project like unknowingly, just sort of having preconceived notions. They're already there. But you, you, you well, know, you've, in ways right yeah i mean but there was nothing because obviously i've ne never met the man so i don't know yeah. anything about him right. as a human it yeah. was more just like about the fact that you know the sort of like he's just he is like just a man like i'm just we're just humans like yeah. but the the sort of like the the you know he's a person i've watched my entire life yeah he's this very famous man he's this very powerful man he's this very like literally physically bigger than me person and I was like in my head I was like just imagine myself to be exactly the same thing and that just carried myself um that just made help me carry myself slightly differently and not let the sort of like but I'm this small person from Essex who has never been in a studio <laughs> like this before you know what I'm saying like and all of the things I had to just sort of reverse the meant the, the mental thoughts <laughs> get rid and, of the past. And a similar thing happened when I went into fast because I mean, when I tell you that Michelle Rodriguez, like, oh God, that film, um, Girl Fight, just was so yes, <laughs> powerful to me when I was a teenage girl. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be working with Michelle Rodriguez. And, you it's know, and while these guys have careers that are, you know, just de de like decades more than mine, um, I had to sort of really tell, like really talk to myself and say, Natalie, you have every right to be here. You auditioned, you earned your place and yes. you did it. And now you're here and these are your peers and your yes. colleagues. And you have, um, of course, you always have something to prove. Mm -hmm. And like, you have to come and do your best and work hard and, you know, do, do pay your dues. Like every single person has to when they're entering this industry. Mm -hmm. But I just like had to, otherwise I would have kind of crumbled under the, the, just my, I guess my awe of them, my, my perceived, like how grand and big and they yeah. were in comparison to me. So I have to sometimes like in my head, like picture some, like literally physically have a physical image or a physical something in my head that makes me puts me in parity with with people you know what i'm saying makes total sense yeah and it's sort of just like it's just like important imagery for me of course in, uh, in my when you were they're all like super sweet and they like just were basically just like oh you're one of us now and we're just yeah. so lovely and then i was like oh you just worried for nothing <laughs> like <laughs> it's totally fine they're like the nicest so when you reflect on your role and time with 
Game of Thrones today, what do you think about? I think about a lot of things. I feel so grateful for that experience. It was, um, it changed my life. Like yeah. it changed my life. There is, right. there would be no Fast and Furious without um, Game of Thrones. There would be no Die Hard without Game of Thrones. There'd be no Mage Runner. Like all of these amazing things that have happened to me have happened because of that show. It put me on a platform and in, a, to, in front of an audience that I just would never have, well, not never, but like it is, is unimaginable, yeah. you know, for, for people uh, coming into the game. You're like, wait, what? You know, it sort of just, it changed everything. Um, and I, and I feel like I had some really beautiful stories to tell. Like I just so proud of so much of what we did on that show um, and then, you know, like there is the conversation around sort of inclusion and my being the only woman of color on like sort of prominent women of color. Obviously there were people of color throughout yeah. the course of the show and other, other women and other men and in, in that sense, but you know, as a sort of like a long running character, um, I, I was but yeah, like it was just kind of me and Jacob and yeah. me being the only kind of woman of uh, like black heritage, a woman of black origin, mixed black woman on the show. So it was sort of um, a lot of responsibility. And, you know, I, it, it it's difficult because while I, you know, I felt that they wrote so beautifully for me often um, and I just got to do some really lovely stuff. Like my whole storyline with Jacob and Gre like Grey Women Masande getting to like explore that journey from like enslaved person to like free thinking, free feeling, you know, falling in love, like exploring all of those things was just such a joy. And like Jacob Anderson is my brother for life. And we went, we went through so much together on that show and, you know, the exploring this, the like womanhood and friendship with Amelia, like that's my sister, like for life as well. So, you know, like I, I just, I feel like so much joy came out of it. Um, yeah. And experience just watching really experienced, talented actors as well. And just being around such kind of that caliber of talent was just so rewarding. And I loved it, but, you know, obviously, like with the final season, the the conversation around Sunday's death, you know, was quite was was a lot of controversy, and people were disappointed or like had opinions yeah. about how they treated the only women of color on the show, and you know, and I um, and I, I guess I ha had to be a part of that conversation too, and yes. wanted to be because. You know, the reason why I, I, I've talked about this a lot and I think the reason why people felt so strongly is because she was the only one. And, you know, without, I, it, it's so funny because what often happens is like there's the one kind of character that somehow represents all of these other, represents so many groups of people, even though she shouldn't represent like every brown or black person that's watching it because I, how could I possibly represent every black or brown person? <laughs> like right, right. You know, we're all like as a, you know, as black people specifically, you know, we're so diverse as so many cultures and, you know, traditions in, included in that. And then outside of my own community, like it's, the idea that I should represent all of those people is kind of absurd, but somehow like the women of color that I would come into contact with would be like, Oh my God, like you're, we're so proud of you. We're so glad that you're there. Like you're repping us, like the weapon, repping the women of color. And I realized that she just meant so much more than maybe I had even realized i mean i know as a as a black mixed woman in the industry i do know that whenever i'm in any space it means something in the sort of wider society or socio-political sense like i i'm aware of that like that's just yeah. my existence but like you know it 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 took um for that that 
I think as well, like I'm sort of been trained to be like super modest and super be and be like, oh, you know, oh, thanks so much. But like, you know, I'm just just trying to just trying to, you know, hustle and get get do a good job. And I just I think about it more on the like doing of it. And then sometimes like when when the character died, like I knew that she it would be a big deal for this reason. But I guess I wasn't quite anticipating the reaction the reaction to the scale that it was and I was like well if anything comes out of this it comes out it's that like you know when shows like this are being made in the future that they remember this and they think wait a minute maybe we need to talk about how we handle you know casting choices or how we handle the story specifically for characters or women of color because it it, it's important because as an industry we reflect and hold a mirror up to society often and we can inform inside society so you know I understand people's you know upset about it and and I think maybe I was just like too close to it maybe um Mm. because I thought you know this is a brutal world that we're in to be honest I was surprised she hadn't died sooner (laughs) I was like well everyone just dies don't they so I think maybe I I to an extent had an education about how important it was um how important that moment was and the then the wider conversation that happened afterwards and um you know I've been very um engaged and continue to be engaged and obviously like this this movement that we are in right now for the fight for equality for black people everywhere and obviously um all people like um who have suffered uh racism of any kind or religious persecution or homophobia or transphobia like everybody deserves equality but right now this moment is you know for black people and I think these discussions about inclusive inclusivity at all levels of the industry just need to happen and they need and it will just bring more voices into the room and it will help people avoid you know, um, situations like that in the future. And I think that's all like, I'm so here for that conversation. Always, always, always. Four weddings and a funeral. I so enjoyed four weddings and a funeral. Uh, (laughs) I I really did. I loved it. Um, Very sweet. (laughs) You're you're the leading lady in the Hulu reboot of the film to series that Mindy Kaling wrote. Tell me everything about that production. I thought the ensemble was spot on in terms of chemistry. I really did. And as a viewer, I felt like you were really, you know, pulled into root for Maya, who's your character, and Maya and Cash as well. What was your experience like? On, on so funny. I literally just had um, a social distanced uh, brunch with Nikesh Patel. Who, oh, I um, love him. I like, fell in love with <laughs> like, him. He's so lovely. He's like, he was such a good um, partner in crime on that. Oh, I love um, yeah um that was such an incredible production um in the sense that i mean just sort of speaking on the kind of inclusivity again uh like i hadn't worked on a set like that before where there was that you know in terms of like the cast it was as it was as diverse as it was you know and i and i was like oh wow this is really it was really interesting it's different Listen, in the UK, we still have a lot of work to do when it comes to um, the crews that we hire and, you know, production people that we hire. Like, it's still very much a kind of predominantly white um, space. But, like, it was really amazing to be on a show that really kind of looked like the cast and the people in the show looked like the world that we see outside when we step outside. And that was really beautiful. And I think that there was a lot of care taken with how those um, characters were treated and represented. It's and I, and I, I yeah, really love that. It's very interesting to see how it differed from the original, you know, you really. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, I love Four Weddings and a Funeral, the original movie, but it's yeah. like the whitest film ever. Like, you know, yeah. I think it's, it's, but it's, I mean, it's still great, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a real testament to how the times have changed. And, um, and the thing is, is like, Mindy Kaling I mean what a goddess I mean what a just a boss like I was so excited at the idea of doing 
well, anything. <laughs> I was like, yes, Mindy Kaling is behind this. Of course. Let's, of course. You know, so I was very excited to. It was so um, witty and so funny. Um, and of course, set design, costume design and production was like its own character. I felt like on what, for what. Yeah, I thought, I mean, I mean, Salvador Perez, yes. the, um, uh, the uh, costume designer. I mean, okay. amazing. He just, he just, did the damn thing and he was amazing <laughs> and the set design was amazing as well you so. like dressing up for your roles that you like that part of things i or? do i do because there's so much i mean there's so much of the character that comes through clothing and jewelry oh. and hairstyles like you bit you basically it's just like, like it is literally putting on a costume and hmm. you know in the most subtle of ways you can really say so much about a person and i i noticed that with myself on a day-to-day basis i'm like Ooh, like my, my clothing will reflect how I'm feeling. It will reflect how I'm, what I'm thinking sometimes, you know, like it, it changes. Like, I mean, I think there's always a sort of thread that, that is consistently me always, but yeah, like I wake up sometimes I'm like, I'm feeling like I want to be really like, I don't know, I feel powerful today. So I'll be like wearing stuff that's more like structured or like tailored or something. And I'm like really powerful or I'm I'm like, I'm feeling very, I don't know, like free. And so nothing can be huggy or fitting Mm -hmm. on my body. I love that you incorporate that into your personal life. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just the way I've always been. I think, you know, I've always played with sort of, um, I think, you know, obviously with feminine, femininity and masculinity, whatever they mean, obviously is, it's so, uh, like that's such a binary way to think of things, Mm. but like, I mean, I definitely, whatever that spectrum is, I definitely go up and down that, that spectrum (laughs) in my fashion. So sometimes I'm like dressed incredibly feminine and then incredibly masculine and then sometimes it's something else so it really depends on on the day and my mood and how I'm feeling and what headspace I'm in and whether I'm operating more in my feminine or operating more in my my masculine because I think we all kind of you know exist across this across the spectrum at, at different times and and I think that's can be brought to characters as well and Maya because she's she works in politics she's a very like serious job very serious you know around very serious and important people and she has to especially as a woman of color she has to like be dressed right and dressed well and be smart and be put together and I think there was a really lovely journey for her in her fashion and in Mm. her hair and makeup I think we really saw it saw her grow and throughout the course of the series but as a show I mean it was so much fun to do I mean we had I mean it was great fun we had such lovely people such lovely crew um it was really close to home so that was nice it was nice to shoot in London and celebrate different different um aspects of London that yeah this put on display like uh often it's sort of like the very kind of upper class areas like the sort of Notting Hills and the Chelsea's and the Kensington's and you know like we definitely while those while those were touched upon and like were sort of seen because it's kind of quintessential to the sort of Four Weddings movie um, we also saw Hounslow which is a very you know South Asian Mm -hmm. Um, Pakistani area so like you know we had such a beautiful um kind of like multicultural we saw the multiculturalism of London yes it felt like a love letter to London yeah absolutely and like it's such a a melting pot of people and if you don't show that in 2020 or 2019 when we shot it like then what are you even doing you're not you know it's it's Mm -hmm. just so great like And um, it was a lot of fun to play Maya. She it, and it was Very cool. Light, it was fun. It was dramatic. I had a lot to do, a lot to sort of challenge myself with, and it was my first time leading something. So the sort of pressure that that brings and the responsibility that that brings is really, really tough. And it really pushed me. Pu- really, really pushed me. And um, I was so grateful for that for that push and that challenge because I think it kind of 
molded me into a different kind of professional uh, by the end of it mm-hmm. and gave me a confidence that maybe I hadn't had before mm-hmm. that. You well, know? your your latest role is Jordan on Quibi's <laughs> Die Hard with Kevin Hart, John Travolta, yes. Josh <laughs> Hartnett, John Reno. Everything about it is so fresh. And I think the humor in it almost pops even more. It's so due, funny. You know, I due think- to the sh- under 10 minute short episode format. Tell me everything about working with Quibi. It's very exciting. Yeah, it it was really fun. Do you know what? The kind of process of shooting it felt like shooting any movie, but just Mm -hmm. a shorter, like a slightly shorter movie. The way that it read in the script was very, it was was almost like a slightly shorter feature script. So in terms of like how we shot it, it it felt very similar, but obviously with comedy and because, you know, there was a lot of action, like, you know, we have to go, we had to get through scenes quite quickly and yeah. quite, you know, to do stuff and get, but they, yeah, but like Eric, yeah. yeah, but Eric, the director was so great at being like, are you happy? Do you want another one? Is that okay? And, you know, and he was very like sort of gracious and generous. So it just sort of meant, even though we were moving at pace, like, everybody was looked after and sort of, you know, and I, and I, I've really appreciated that because often when sets are stressful, can be stressful, busy, intense places as it is. Um, so that uh, the fact that he was very like, uh, okay, what, like, have you got, have we, have you done what you wanted to do? Basically yes. was very much appreciated. And then like Kevin is just, um, was very, very supportive and, it was like whatever you need, like let me know, and really was really was great. Um, was it fun to tackle both humor and action on one project, one production? Yeah, I mean, so much fun. It was so much fun. Like I spent most of that that job just laughing. Right, you play an actor, an action star in parody of the genre itself. So it was really funny. Really, funny. yeah, it was very funny. And I mean, Kevin Hart is like really hard to play opposite because often yeah. I'm like the straight character. So oh, right. You're t- like, yeah. like, you know, you have to hold it together and he's right. just being very funny. And, um, um, what's your favorite thing about Kevin Hart? Um, I, I just think he, he just seemed, you know, obviously I've, I've only known him a short time, but he seemed very, like I said, kind of generous with his, like, and with his time and like, you know, supportive, like if I needed anything, he was just, he was very kind of like accommodating. And, um, and I like that he can laugh at himself. I think that he has a really great humor and doesn't take himself too seriously, but he's also an incredibly hardworking man Mm. and takes everything that he does. Like he, he's very serious about what he does, but he can also like have fun and not take himself all this, all the situation too seriously. He has a really lovely balance of that. And I, and I appreciate that. Yeah. That balance is, is incredible. Mm. Hard, to, hard to achieve that kind of balance and work sometimes. Tell me about your film, Polly Slept Over. It, it was your first romantic comedy film. Is that correct? Uh, yes, it was. Yes. Um, it was my, yes, it was my first sort of comedy, romantic comedy type film. And it was a lot of fun. It was like a like a proper indie movie. We shot up in this one house in Syracuse in upstate New York, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was like a whole new experience for me because I'd sort of been doing Fast and Furious and Game of Thrones in these very big, epic, actiony sort of vast, you know, yeah. worlds, and yeah. like to then go to turn around and do like this very small intimate yeah. story was just like really lovely. And I, and I had a lot of fun and Brit um, who uh, played Audra was just a dream. Like I just, I love, I loved working with her and I learned so much from her and she's just a, just a very, very talented actress. And we just had a, we had a great time on that. It was, it was good. I mean, like any set, we, whenever we came into problems, we just sort of sat down and had a chat and figured it out. And that's just one of the joys of the creative process is how much people 
you know come together and find a common ground and we did that on that too and it was it I, I was really pleased with it actually when I saw it I was like oh this is a nice this is a sweet little film and it's it's, it's cute and it's funny and I I liked it I enjoyed doing it very much what do you think you're going to be looking for in roles going forward you've done you've, you've done have such a um varied background well I'd love to you're going to continue to make it a big mix or you, you yeah definitely I sort of I thought a bit when people ask me that I'm sort of like I don't want to say something that's right that category too, yeah yeah like because I mean I'm I'm so open to everything I'd quite like to do a play and I'd quite like to um do some more kind of sort of in like sort of indie films like the sort of smaller stories but that are more dramatic roles and challenge myself that way because that's you know the kind of movies that I like to watch as well and I'm like oh I'd like to have something like that in my portfolio and then I want to also be a superhero and (laughs) shoot sci-fi movies and horror movies and you know I love all the genre stuff too so I don't really want to um kind of limit myself to any one kind of movie but I'm always looking for characters that have like depth and complexity and aren't a stereotype or you know that have something that that I learn something from as much as the doing of it but I learn something from the character too Mm. and so as long as I feel like um that like it, it, it I can connect to it I don't really have a preference but I just like any actor I think we I just want to do good work I just yeah. want to work hard and do my best try my hand at lot like at things you know and just challenge yourself just, right just challenge myself yeah and um yeah that's it really I don't really know as we wrap up, let's switch gears a little bit here um, and do what we usually do. Let's do a little lightning round. Um, what are you reading? Are you reading anything? I am reading. Well, I'm almost finished it. Um, it's called Natives, um, Race and Class in the Ruins of, of Empire, which is... Um, nice, of, light summer reading. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's by Akala, who is a brilliant, brilliant man, British um, musician, like rapper and writer and academic. Um, yeah, like you- this moment in time is all about educating ourselves. And, that's true. Um, that's right. So, yeah, you- that's what I'm, I've literally, I've got like, I think maybe like a chapter left <laughs> to read. I've read already. Okay, we'll link that in the show notes. What are you binge watching, Natalie? Anything? Uh, binge watching I have been what have I been binge watching to be honest I at the moment because I think this time has been really difficult and really intense and very anxiety inducing and um, I've been processing a lot of kind of past experiences and traumas and of racism and all of these things that I've been going through I've been really um needing the comfort of stuff that I've already seen <laughs> because I know what's going to happen. And I just, well, one of my that. questions to you, actually, this is interesting. I two questions now based on what you're saying here, Natalie is one of my questions was it's interesting. I wanted to ask you about social media and your latest post was a poem. We're speaking about literature right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you just posted a very, very powerful, um, you recited a Maya Angelou um, piece. Yeah. So, um, and then my other question to you, I think on the same topic was, um, do you have a film or a TV series that is comfort food to you? And I think yeah, that's what you're talking about. I was about to say, my, my one at the moment is Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I've oh, been, good. That's a good one. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of that because it just is just so funny and light and it just transports me to a time, you know, where things are like simple. <laughs> And it's always, you know, I think the thing that was so great about Fresh Prince was this like really happy, successful black family. And it was something that was aspirational. And so people that have worked really hard for everything they have and they, you know, and it's also funny and light and just silly as well. And, but also talked on serious things and like, I just love it. And I'm, I don't know what series I'm on at the moment. I think it might be three. 
I mean, but there's I, a lot of seasons, right? To yeah, but I, I basically, sometimes I just put it on and I'm like tidying the kitchen or yeah, doing good background. folding laundry or something. And I just like enjoy just the, I just enjoy watching it. And um, yeah, because I, it's like a safety, safety thing because it's comforting. And escape um, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So, and I've been doing like watching loads of like films that I loved growing up. Like, like what? I don't know, like Love and Basketball has been on a few. Oh, times. that's a good one too. Um, Dream Girls, I watched Jones? the other night. Have you seen uh, Love Jones? Do you know about Love Jones? I have seen Love Jones. Oh, that's, that's a great a one, one as well. <laughs> Brown <laughs> Sugar, all of those ones. I love that stuff. And uh, and then um, yeah, so I watched Dream Girls the other day because that's like, who doesn't love a musical? No. Um, yes. I also watched. Um, because when I was like 10, I was obsessed with the parent trap, the, the Lindsay Lohan one. Mm-hmm. And um, my friend and I used to like phone each other and press play on the DVD, <laughs> um, DVD play at the same time. And um, basically just say all the words to each other over the phone as it happened. <laughs> like we were like, the biggest nerds ever. And I watched it again not that long ago. And I was like, oh, this is like such a fun film. <laughs> I remember why I love this movie. Um, favorite brand for workout gear? Favorite brand? Um, well, yeah. I've worked in recent years. I've worked with Reebok, and they—I have some really great stuff. I love their sports bras, and um, uh, they have the Pure Bra, which is just really great. You know, I—I I don't have the biggest breasts in the world, but they def—they definitely need some support. There's enough of them there, and I and I just—I yeah. yeah. just really like their their workout. What are you cooking these days, Natalie? Um, what am I cooking? Um, lots of vegan food. I'm very, I'm vegan. So, um, lots of vegetables. Um, to be honest, I've been a bit lazy this week and I've ordered in a little bit. Um, Yeah, it happens. It's hard to cook all the time, isn't it? Yeah. But also I was like, I've run out of certain things and I, I need to go up to the shops and I'm being lazy about Um, doing that. But I will do that probably tomorrow because I now have a free day. So I'm going to go shopping tomorrow. But I like to cook things like lots of colorful vegetables, salads. Sometimes I'll have like, I'll just chuck a bunch of vegetables or like a bean in there. Or if I'm treating myself, like I'll chop up some tofu and do like a stir fry type thing and then put it on some quinoa and like with a side salad or I don't know, just like really fresh, like, you know, whole foods. Did you decide to go vegan for your, for health reasons or was it for animal? Um, initially it was for health. It was for, I was learning a little bit about how, like where our food comes from and the things that they do to our food in mass production and mass farming. And I was like, uh, like that's so like gross. First of all, like the sort of things that the, like, the things that they do to animals that we then, or the things they put in animals, which we then eat, yeah. like it really quite damaging to our health, unless you can afford to do like the grass fed free range, you know, and even that you're not even sure anymore, whether that is, is even real. Cause they can, they sort of trademark the term free range. Well, yeah. Right. There's like, all and, you're, and you're like, yeah, they're like, yeah, if they've got um, a certain amount of space, but they're still in with like hundreds of other animals, it's all just a bit confusing and I don't trust it, to be honest. And <laughs> I realized that um, a lot of the sort of foods, you know, with like processed meats and, and dairy foods and, you know, I'm not a doctor or anything, but I started researching because of a friend um, who was doing her nutrition uh, qualifications and they were sort of looking at specifically the link between certain food groups and diseases and and like uh, serious diseases and with my family medical history there was a couple of them that were kind of coming up and I thought oh I have to kind of be careful of these things because I have a history of like That's you know smart. certain women's cancers for example or yeah. so you know and I and I and I kind of feel like um well traditionally women's cancers obviously they're not just um women's cancers but you know i think uh i i wanted to just kind of be ahead of the curve in a way of like in in a preventative sense of going okay i might be at risk of these conditions and eating too much of a certain food group might make me inherit that 
or help that happen. It might trigger trigger something. Yeah. And so, and then I, so I sort of tried it out for a week just to see how I felt and I really liked it. (laughs) And then I found that like my sleeping patterns got more consistent and I wasn't as tired and I had more energy and I slept like solidly um and didn't need an afternoon nap anymore like I'd never it was so funny like I remember just being like oh I'm so tired at like four in the afternoon or three in the afternoon and I just thought that's just not you know it's just strange because I'm a very active seemingly healthy why am I why am I tired right now why am I tired and lethargic all the time and so when I sort of stopped for a week, I just felt my energy levels kind of improve. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to try two weeks. So I did two weeks. And then I tried a month. And then by the end of that month, I sort of had decided that I wanted to continue. But I was going I was going back home. I'd been away for a while. And I was going back home. And I knew that my mom was just going to cook all her yummy food, like Caribbean food. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, but I want the, I want the curry oh, goat. So and delicious. I want this. I want all the delicious food. And um, I did, I went home and I had it all and I felt like, so I felt so awful. You felt the difference. Yeah. Was- and I was like, oh, I think I had to kind of break it to my family that I, um, that I was vegan. <laughs> like, um, yeah. So I'm not eating any of this anymore. And um, so then it kind of went from there. So it started off as an experiment and then, um, just to try it and then it's been eight years now so I'm really pleased Uh, it really works for me you know and everyone it's really great for certain people for sure it's not for it might not be for everybody and that's okay um but I do think that we as humanity do need to think about how much meat we um consume Mm -hmm. like even someone not eating meat for one day a week does a huge thing for their like carbon footprint and so I think the culture of having to have meat with every meal is actually like not true. Like, our, you know, I think that we need to be more conscious because yes. of, or, or just be conscious of where we get food from. And because like the, the truth of it is, it's like mass agriculture is what is destroying the rainforest is destroying the planet um, yeah. more than lots of other, more than any other factor, I would say. And so um you know, I think we just have to be more cautious of it. And so people always ask me, they're like, you know, I don't want to ever enforce veganism on anybody, but if people want to like try and, you know, try other types of food um, and have questions about it, like I'm always really happy to like, like advise people or encourage people to, if they have questions or have a desire to try it, Um, you know, and I think that's just where it begins, you know, don't, you know i i think a lot of the time vegan people get have this percep like there's this perception that vegan people are like you know preaching and like you know and i don't and I, at the end of the day as well veganism is not a, it's not an it can be an expensive thing to do 100%. and not everybody has that luxury i'm yeah. fully aware and um and so i think that is uh part of the issue as well but so I just like to encourage people when they have questions or they ask me why I'm vegan and and I like to show people the types of food I eat and you know if they and they might then go oh I might try that at home and so you know it's all just about like trying new things yes Um, Natalie do you have a go-to item of makeup or a favorite candle um to be honest like lip balm is like my favorite what kind of lip balm do you use it's a fresh one. It's called like brown sugar, I think. Oh, nice. What about a, ca- a candle? Do you burn candles at all? I do. As long as they're like vegan, like wax, I don't really mind. I really like sort of fresh ones. And I'm quite a fan of like vanilla, mm. vanilla flavor or like amber. Vanilla is yeah. supposed to be very relaxing. Yeah. Uh, what is on your travel destination w- wish list? Do you have something? Wish list. I mean, India. Yeah. Um, India. India is my wish list. Because, um, you know, I'm a, I train, I'm a huge lover of yoga. I'm a trained yes. yoga teacher. I did my 200 hours. But um, I want to go to where it originated and learn from um, teachers who, you know, they like, I just want to learn from teachers there. 
and not not to sort of say like the the training that I had here was like it was really amazing but I like you know you just kind of want to go to the source of it and learn from the people who's like that's their culture and that's part of their um you know just their daily lives really and uh and has been their entire lives so I that's that for me I want to go and do another teacher training but in India perfect Um, how are you spending your summer this summer I have no idea because who knows what's going to happen with um, COVID and everything. But um, uh, to be honest, because I've still got so much to do in my house, I might just spend the summer getting that in order. That's a good plan. Um, Yeah. And then hopefully um, once the sort of autumn comes around and there's more sort of new production starting, maybe there's some, there'll be a nice little juicy project for me to do. (laughs) Um, But I'm sort of just like going with the flow and playing it by ear. Well, thank you so much, Natalie. Um, Our cover story, the images that we did with Delphine are gorgeous. And I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. No, thank you.